it's Tuesday. So welcome to Just Between Us. And I am delighted today to welcome my good friend, Jonathan V. Last, who I think we both agree, we didn't get to talk enough. And so now that Charlie has uh, decided to move on, and we are going to every now and then just check in together because it's fun to talk and we don't get that opportunity enough. I miss you. Yeah, there you go. I miss you. Likewise. This is so weird for me because I very studiously never listened to your and Charlie's show because I was afraid it would freak me out and (laughs) cause me to change what Sarah and I do in our show. So this is a little bit like going into a neighbor's house, a neighbor who lives next to you, who you're friends with, but for like a a decade, you'd never been inside their house and were always a little like curious, (laughs) I wonder what it's like in there. And now I'm going in, and I love your granite countertops and the big island you have in the kitchen and the the wood floors, <laughs> yeah. that Brazilian cherry that you guys have on the wood floors. It's really nice. So, well, let's hope you like what you see. You never know. All right. Let us begin with the fact that today is a primary day, the Michigan primary. And I am a little nervous about this. Me too. Okay. (laughs) So there is a movement there. So the only Palestinian American congressperson is uh, Rashida Tlaib, who is uh, Palestinian American. She's from Michigan. And she is part of a movement, part of an effort to convince voters, Democratic voters today, to vote uncommitted as a message to Biden about his handling of the Israel-Gaza war. And I mean, we'll see. But It could get traction. It's understandable. I mean, every single day we're seeing these horrible images of suffering coming out of Gaza. It's very, very tough. And especially if you've got relatives there. And, you know, even though people say, well, there aren't that many Arab American voters in Michigan, but everything is so razor thin. Every margin is so small in today's politics that what, what do you think? Do you think it could hurt him? Yeah, and there's not, I mean, there's not a real impetus for Democratic voters in general to come out because Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. And so it's, it's not like those Arab American numbers could get lost in a larger vote. Right. right. So if they are motivated to come out and register a protest vote and other Democratic voters just, you know, like maybe they come out, maybe they don't, because it's not it's not a meaningful primary for them. Yeah. It can be a high percentage. What is the percentage, Mark, that would start to freak you out a little bit? Uh, well, so an incumbent should be getting 80% of the vote, right? 85% of the vote. Um, if he gets 70, 65, that would be really worrying. What do you think? I think I'd start to get worried at 80 I'd go a little lower. If it was 20%, if you got 20% of voters in Michigan voting uncommitted in a way which is a pure referendum on the war in Gaza, right? I mean, that's what it really is. Yeah. That would freak me out. I mean, for a couple of reasons, one of which is it's dangerous for Biden, has to win Michigan, but also like... And here's the thing which I don't fully understand. What is the Trumpian position on the war in Gaza? It is a binary choice. And I do not get the sense that Donald Trump is more amenable to Palestinian claims than Joe Biden is. 
maybe I'm wrong. I mean, he's tried to have this both Pardon. sides, right? right? And I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the um, Arab American voters in Michigan are very well aware that this is the Muslim ban guy, uh, that this is the guy who moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, uh, a move that was not popular with, with the Arab Americans. So they're well aware of that. But, okay, so let me back up for a second. The group Our Revolution, which is the sort of sequel to the Bernie Sanders campaign, they put out a statement saying that people should vote uncommitted in the primary, but then they should vote for Biden in the general election. Okay. But the thing is, if people are upset enough, and if a number of them say, well, look, I understand Trump is worse in many respects, but I'm really angry at Biden, they could just stay home in November. That's not good either. <laughs> it's not good either. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, it'd be hard. I mean, you know, Trump loves Bibi Netanyahu. Or he used to. He doesn't anymore. Well, I think he could. You know, Trump's general view is like execute people all the time, right? I mean, I, I have to think that Trump would unequivocally defend every single thing the Israeli government has done over the last few months without any qualifications, without any, like, I mean, Trump is the kind of guy who likes genocide, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't understand. Not acknowledging at all that that is what's happening. No, no, I'm not saying all. that, but I'm saying um, if you take the worst no, critiques no. of the Biden administration, right, which is right. The, the critique from the farthest left on is that the Biden administration is complicit in genocide. Now, I don't think that's right. that's correct, but I look, I understand there's a great deal of human suffering and, uh, you know, there, there are things the IDF has done that it, it probably shouldn't have done and this because this is war, right? This is everybody understood the minute this attack happened that the retaliation would be, would involve mass human tragedy. But let's just take the biggest claim about the, the badness of Biden. Trump is the kind of guy who sees that stuff and his position is always, yeah, we like that. Got to be strong, right? Yeah, well, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Let's remember when he was first running in 2015, you remember that his position on Iraq was not that we had anything to apologize for in Abu Ghraib. No, his only critique was you should have taken the oil. You should have taken the you oil. You should have expropriated yes. and stolen their oil uh, for our own purposes. Yeah, because he views government like a gangster. He is a gangster. He's a complete gangster. And there are lots of people in America, it turns out, who want that. Hopefully not enough. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. So so if 20% hits, you'd be basically not freaked out. You, for, you freak out yeah. more around 25 or 30%. Okay. On the expectation that people are sending a message, but that they'll come back around when the binary choice right. is in front of them. But I don't know. You know, we also don't know... There's so many unknowns. It's it's not easy to live in this world right now where everything is on a knife's edge. It is so stressful. So we don't know also whether the voters in all of these Republican primaries who are saying, you can say it ranges between 25 and 40 percent of the Republican electorate or people who voted in Republican primaries, which isn't always the same thing because some people are independents and crossovers. But you know, they're saying, well, they don't think that Trump is somebody they can vote for in the general election. And what we don't know is how many of those mean it? How many of those 
will really do it when it comes down to it. When, you know, in the heat of a campaign, when the intense partisanship begins to kick in and they've always voted Republican and, you know, I don't know. Everything is so contingent. It's just exhausting, isn't it? So Biden won uh, Michigan by 154,000 votes in 2020. Which is not terrible. It's it's not as close as some of the other states, but you know it's uh, this is not ideal. There is there is word that there might be a ceasefire and a hostage release coming up. So we'll so we'll see about that. But but I wanted to talk to you about something. We'll get to what you're writing right now, your triad, which is interesting. But I want to talk to you about something you wrote a long time ago, which was about how Biden should handle the age issue. Because I think it was really spot on. And um, and I think it's worth saying again, because, look, if he is really what some people fear, if he's really senile and incapable of doing the job, then there's no point in hiding him because it will become evident eventually, right? So the only way to handle it is what you said, which is get him out there a lot. And get people used to the gas. Will you describe it? You tell it because it was so good. Yeah. Normalize it. Yeah. Normalize it. The idea is if Biden is going to mess things up a couple times every appearance he makes, then it ought to become a thing, like a thing. You ought to joke about it. Be like, if he gets through a speech and hasn't messed something up, or through, then he ought to mess it up on purpose and wink at the wink at the press as he's doing it. If you enjoyed this preview of Just Between Us, you can hear the full episode by becoming a Bulwark Plus member today.